Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the SAFCast. I'm Connor Donnelly and this week I'm joined by Rory O'Cushendall Hurler, Aaron Graffin. In this chat we spoke about the 2020 Antrim Hurling Championship, Cushendall's All-Ireland runs in recent years, the current Antrim Senior Squad's campaign so far this season and dealing with injuries in sport. Um, if you've been enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the SAFCast on Instagram and Twitter. Anyway, here's the episode with Aaron Graffin. <laughs> So I'm here with Aaron Graffin. Aaron, thanks very much for joining me. How's things? Yeah, great, Connor. Thanks very much for having me. Um, looking forward to having a chat with you. Great, great. Well, look, I think there's no better place to start than, I suppose, the the year we've had, and especially with the club championship. Um, it's a wee bit different this year, obviously. Um, what, what, what did it look like for yourself then, obviously, when the first lockdown hit, and, and I suppose when it started to come up to the end of July, more than happy to get back out in the pitch again? Oh yeah, um, obviously the first lockdown came and it was very difficult for everybody, anybody involved in a, in a team or a club, so like we were all um, isolating and we couldn't get out and about and train that we're used to, you know, so it was very, very tough, so everybody was trying to do their own thing at home and keep the fitness levels up and, you know, keep your touch and, and all the basic skills within hurling, you know, home to a certain level, but it was very difficult because you're not getting out with the team and seeing the lads and stuff, so everything was done. I'm sure everybody was sick of Zoom uh, <laughs> trainings and things like that, you know, but whenever it came that we could get back out in the pitch at the end of June, uh, lads were delighted. Uh, following the, the proper um, COVID regime you had to uh, for training and things, but people were delighted to get back on the pitch and just get back training. And the weather really helped as well. It was fantastic weather we had and getting back onto the pitch and getting striking the ball with the lads was just, it was brilliant. Yeah, and like I suppose it's, it comes with that. Like 
individual training and that there. There's just nothing like I suppose the motivation of other boys being involved and even just how that all pushes everything on them. Um, and I suppose whenever it came to obviously I think maybe a league game, you know, or one league game of that was played before lockdown was hit, and then um and then I suppose just the sudden stop, then it just everyone was in a bit no man's land, nobody really knew what to be at. Yeah, look, it was it was new territory for everybody. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Like the whole world was in the same situation. Do you know, all sport was cancelled. It's just what do you do? Do you know, you had to stay indoors and and, and just do what the sort of the health experts were telling us uh, to keep everything safe. But just whenever the call came that you could get back out, it was just it was just a breath of fresh air, and everybody couldn't get wait to back onto the pitch training and uh, looking forward to to games and things like that. Because at the end of the day. Look, we're all out, we're all playing hurling Gaelic football, Camogie, a sport that we love. And if we want to be playing games, we want to be training, having the crack. That's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. What what it's okay. So whenever it came about, I mean, they the they obviously the the structure of the championship the this year, like the senior championship in Antrim has had group stages for a couple of years now, and I know they brought it into football and that there for for the first time. Um what do you think of that as a setup? You know, it's it's been there the last couple of years. I suppose the two groups of four could help balance out this year. We gave more games. Yeah, look, as players, you want to be playing games. Uh, maybe championship knockout and the whole the the, the cut and the thrust of it is, was maybe not there, but because of the lack of games and the league sort of was cancelled and you just had no time to prepare. I think them group stages really helped to get up to speed with things, you know, um, and it was needed because you just couldn't you couldn't even arrange a challenge game uh, mm. because it was so difficult. And the certain uh, circumstances that we've seen ourselves in, you know, but um, I think that was a good way. And you've seen this year was a very, very competitive championship. Um, we were put out by Ross, and you've seen the year they had, you know. So look, uh, I thought the Adam Championship went very well this year, and uh, just going forward, I hope they do the same sort of structure, you know. Yeah, um, the kind of split season, the way it was kind of played out, what did you think of that? So, um, you know, obviously the ones who are involved with the county having just a clean run at it with the club, what did you think of that as a kind of format? I'd be a massive fan for it, uh, having your county players. You know, whenever you're playing with a club and the club only, you see your county players very, very little. You know, they're 100% committed mm-hmm. to the county, and rightly so. You know, so they're training maybe four or five nights a week, their gym sessions. So whenever the club's training, you're not really seeing them um, until the county sort of finishes, then you get them. But having the split season when the club lads could really go gung-ho at their club and put 100% effort into it, I thought it was great. And I would love to see the GAA maybe uh, take that structure going forward and trying to split a season somehow. Um, because I think there's massive benefits to it. Um, look, if you're playing for a county, it's a massive, massive um, honour to be playing for your county. But at the end of the day, you start at your you're, club, you're, you, finish, you finish at your club, do you know, so you want to um, you want to put everything into the club when you can. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very true, and I think I think even if you look at, like, some other counties took it to the extreme, you know, where they run off the hurling and then their football after, uh, you know, straight after each other like that there, but I think possibly the way that they run it off, I suppose it depends on really the, what way around they play it, because I think it's maybe not next year, but the following year they're talking about having the inter-county season first and then the club season, like, is that something you think would work well within Antrim? Yeah, I, I did hear that actually about um, maybe the county going first, but it, it's, I suppose it's the timings. It's trying to figure out what the timings is. When do you start? When does it finish? When can you start with the club? When does it finish? You know, so it's something I think the GA just need to look at uh, and just get the dates right because, you know, especially the county scene, start in November, finishing maybe July, August. It's, it's crazy stuff. And then expect the county players to come in and play for your club then. I think it's, it's some, some guys, some, some guys are playing like, 
you know, throughout the whole year, they're getting very little of a break. And, you know, it's an amateur sport at the end of the day. We're playing this game because we love it. Um, guys need to have a bit of downtime too, you know. So uh, I think maybe having a split season and uh, just getting the dates right, fixing the dates, maybe the calendar month, whatever way you want to look at it, and letting guys play with their clubs and with their counties and, and splitting it up. I think it's just it's, it's much more beneficial. Yeah, and for for yourselves this year now, um, in a group with uh, Lockheed St Gauls and St Enders, um, uh, you mentioned about obviously playing Rossa then after that in the quarter final. Um, how did you find it whenever you first started taking to the field again? You know, like was, was it a bit of a weird feeling, or was it just was it just something that all sort of came all just came back naturally enough to you? I came back naturally enough, as you say, but you know we probably this year just lacked uh, match practice. To be honest, um, we didn't get a chance to blood a lot of new players because we just didn't have games. So um, you're really going into the Lucky game, the first game of the championship, without really any preparation. You had about a month or so training. Look, so did the other teams. Lucky was the same, you know. But I think Kuss and Doll, our team, we just needed a few games to get us going. Um, and, and we just couldn't get going in this year's championship, you know. We, we fell away against um, uh, a Lucky team. They were better than us on the day. And then uh, we got over St. Gauls and St. Endes. But then we came up against the Rossa team who were just uh, absolutely flying. And they deserved. They nearly turned over to Loy and you seen to Loy won, won the championship, yeah. you know. So I think um, this year was a strange year for us. Um, but look, all you can do is look, look back and reflect on what didn't go right for you. Uh, try to right the wrongs and, then, and look forward to the next year. So um, we'll see what... 2021 brings for uh, for Cushendall. Yeah, and even if you're looking at the semi-finalists this year, and you know it could just as easily be in the St John's Ross a final. So it just shows you like kind of the the competitiveness across the championship, and even in in the other the other group, uh, um, you know um, that Ross came out of as well it was obviously a very tight group. Like I know for for ourselves, by Castle, you know we were going into the last game could have topped the group or could have finished bottom. Do you know what I mean? It was a very tight championship across the board and I guess just shows you kind of what's coming with Ross and, and St John's of course in the other semi-final against Lockheed. Without a doubt the championship this year was really competitive if you look at the teams and the scores that were put up do you know there's some really really tight games and especially the other group it could have gone on either way like Ballycastle they were top in that group you thought they were going to go through and then and then it didn't happen for them do you know it just it was really really competitive and you know St John's uh, they've got some exceptional players and uh, same with Ross at Ballet Castle, you know, Lucky and Loy, Christian Doldo. These teams, it's just really competitive. And that's what you want. That's what you want in a, in a championship. You know, you want it to be really competitive and have teams challenging for that championship. Yeah, and and I suppose if you're looking at it like like that, I think um, I think was it for yourselves. This would have been this was the first time. Well, it's the first time in a, in a good few years anyway that you weren't in the semi final. Um, what was it like for you for you for yourself? You know, kind of taking it in, especially with it being such a short short season in the first place. Was it something that was kind? Yeah, look, look it was disappointing. It kind of makes you think. And yeah, for 2021, like you know, we don't want to be in that position. Yeah. Do you know, every year you set out uh, the start of the year the stall that you want to get to the championship final and win it. Uh, it doesn't happen every year, but I think since it's since 2013, Cushendall were in a final every year. Yeah. Um, uh, and we got beat in the quarterfinal this year. So, look, we wouldn't be too happy with the performance uh, individually from some of our players uh, and as a team collectively. So the, the only thing you can do as a, as a player, I feel, is look in the mirror and um, see what you didn't do right and how you can improve and how you can develop and maybe the next year the next 
next day that you go out that you'll be better because at the end of the day you play the game because you love it but you you want to play to your maximum performance you know and uh, we didn't do that this year but you know we'll see what happens next year and um, hopefully we can maybe get to a semi-final or a final next year because at the end of the day that, the start of the year that's what you always you always strive for yeah. you know the goal is to is to get to that peak and to get to a championship final win it go to Ulster win an Ulster and see where you go but not every year happens yeah, no. Well, just even just speaking there of winning Ulster, now I do want to t- I do want to ask you about um twenty sixteen. So obviously, you know, for a a year that's you know I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I imagine it's pretty much a club career highlight for yourself. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, mm-hmm. with the semi final win over Sarsfields. Yeah, uh, that day was was a special special day. Uh, probably one of the best um that I've ever had on a, on a hurling pitch. To be honest, it was just the day that was um. It's been coming for a long time. Our club has knocked the door for so so long uh, to to get that over to that semi final stage, and a, a lot of the clubs in in Antrim have done it. Have have got to an all Ireland final. You look at Ross at Ballycastle, uh, Lucky have won it twice, and um, Lloyd have got to all that all Ireland stage in, in a club, but we never had, and it was something we really really talked about. And the group of players in 2015-16, that was one something that we wanted to do. We, we wanted to create history and. Uh, that day against Sarsfields down in Avon, uh, just everything seemed to go right for us. We got the breaks, um, we got an early lead. We caught, <laughs> we always talk about Owen Campbell putting a big hit and Joe Kinney in the first five minutes, and they hardly touched leather after that. And big Sean McAfee and Phil Ford was firing that day, and Shane McNaughton was flying around midfield. Just everything went it went that day right for us, and <clears throat> the final whistle went, and it just was it was pure elation. It was. Um, Probably the best best day of my life on a, on a hurling pitch, just to know that you were going to uh, Croke Park with, with your club players in the maroon white jersey, cushioned all Rory Oaks, and uh, you're going to compete in the biggest stage of all on St Patrick's Day. Do you know? And um, it was a fantastic day, but look, unfortunately, it didn't go right for us that year. We come up against the Pearce team, who were exceptional yeah. on the day. And if you look at that team, if you look back at the team that they had now, a lot of them players are are creating the, the, the main team of the of the Limerick team at the minute. Yeah. You know, if you look at the Peter Casey, Michael Casey, guys like us here, um Will Donahue and Adrian Breen, these guys are on the Limerick panel at the moment. Do you know, so we had come up against a team that were just actually exceptional and uh we played second best. But look, going out and playing at Croke Park with your club was it was another special, special day for us. Um, and, and personally for me, captaining that team was a massive honour for, for me and my family and things. So uh, it was a great day, but just one that just unfortunately didn't go our way. And it's, it's just a big, big disappointment for us. And look, it's something that you strive to, you'd love to get to that stage again. And that's something you always you always have in the back of your mind, but it's, it's really, really difficult. It's a tough, tough journey. And just not too many teams from Ulster get that to that stage. And suppose when you get to that stage, you have to take your chance and Unfortunately, we didn't do that, but geez, I would love another go at it, to be honest. Yeah, and like you mentioned, that you used to get over the line there, the first semi-final win. Um, in that period between the Ulster final and the semi-final, was there anything different done before? I know you used to play, you played De La Salle previous years and that. Like, is, do you do anything different in that, during that period? Uh, you, you sort of look at what you've done before and what went right and what went wrong for you, and you just try to develop that and enhance that. Um, one one thing about that there year was um, there was a serious group of men in that change room that we had that were, were real leaders and really wanted the same thing. And there was total buy-in from the squad, which I maybe hadn't seen in years gone by. But that year, there was a serious, serious buy-in. 
all the players were pulling in the right direction uh, and the management were putting things in place uh, to facilitate us to be our best. We got some fantastic challenge games um, set up with county teams before we were maybe playing, you know, university teams or, or other club teams. Mm-hmm. That time we played, I think we played Wexford in challenge game, we played Dublin, um, you know, pre-season games that they, for them, but at that time playing against actual county teams was massive for us. They were a step ahead of us, um, but playing them really, really good games brought us on, I feel, uh, massively. And uh, yeah. it, it, it definitely held to us whenever we played um, uh, Sarsfields that day down in Avon. Uh, you know, so um, that's maybe one thing that we did. We, we, we looked at getting challenge games against county teams. Yeah, um, and I suppose the thing about the final as well, that was Napierce's first, wasn't it their first All-Ireland as well, win? Yeah. So, I mean, is there, you're coming in against a, a club team who's a super club. You know, they've been in it, they've been in the um, that stage a lot of times. I think I think every time they had, yeah, they had, they had won the Liberty, they were going on winning Mon- a monster pretty much yeah. every time, and it was their first title as well. So um, that wouldn't have helped, obviously, on the day. No, I think I think they won uh, five Limerick titles and they won four monsters. Yeah. So any any time they got out, they seemed to go ahead. Do you know? And it shows you how good they were. Um, because I think they were beat in the uh, was it 2017 All Ireland final by Kula yeah. after yeah. a replay. Yeah. You know, so they were exceptional, exceptional team, and we came up against a uh, just a force that we just we just couldn't deal with in the day. But look, it was a fantastic experience, one that I cherish. Uh, have great memories from that that their journey. Um, and it was a really special time for our club uh, and just the community and the parish and everybody involved within Cushendall. It was just a dream journey that we had and I'm glad that we got the chance to play in Croke Park. I mean, to be honest, see when you think back on it and you, you look back and you see all all um, the people from Cushendall and, and the stand in Croke Park looking down on their team, like it's a, it is a special, uh, special memory. Yeah, and I, and I suppose if you're looking at it um, in terms of Antrim hurling as a general thing, and look, I have no doubt probably um, going back, uh, going down to play Sarsfields that time every, in the media down south, and that wouldn't obviously give the Antrim team a, a chance. You know, traditionally they wouldn't, and and I suppose it's it's seen very much so that the Antrim clubs can compete at that stage, and and even your semi final then a couple of years later against St Thomas was another example of Antrim teams being able to to compete with the best. And you mentioned the other clubs obviously who have competed well um, at that level too. So there's nothing to fear there for Antrim clubs really. No, definitely not. Um, <clears throat> club scene uh, is very very competitive. Uh, across the island of Ireland, um, even if you look at intermediate and junior, like yeah. Craig and, and, and Rossa have went on and won all Ireland's too. Yeah. You know because it, it's very competitive, very very competitive, and, and the, the top teams up here can compete with the best teams down there. And like one example, Slockney last year playing against Ballyhill, who are regarded yeah. as one of the best club teams ever. You know they they, they put them to the pin of their collar uh, in Uray that day. Um, and it just proves you that teams from Ulster can compete with the teams from the south, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I, I suppose then that's when you're you're looking at the entire entirety of the season. And I think if you're looking at the, I suppose the 2018 semi final against St Thomas was an example where you were going in, you were going in a couple of years um, uh, later after beating Sarsfields of that experience. Another Galway team. Um, what was it? Was there any? What was the build up like to that game? And obviously that was a bit of a roller coaster match itself. It was. Uh, the preparation for it was great. Um, the same thing, we went down with, with, a, with a great attitude and uh, we were firmly believing that we were going to turn St Thomas's over. St Thomas's had, had won in All-Ireland 
uh, club title a few years previous, yeah. and they were they were littered with um, top quality uh, goalie um, hurlers likes a, a Connor Cooney, David Bird, these guys. But we just knew if if we get a performance, like we, we'll put these we we put these guys under pressure, and that's all you want to do: get in mm-hmm. their face, be aggressive, um, bring the right attitude, and and just compete for every single ball. And that's what you can do. That's all you can do. Do you know? And, and if you're in the mix or the last 10, 15 minutes ago, sure could sure could go anyway. Uh, unfortunately, that day didn't go our way either, and I, I hate talking about this, but could, Parnell Park's never good to us. Uh, I've never won there playing for yeah. Cushion Doll, but you, you can't get mixed up on that mindset either. Do you know? Yeah. But it's just one of them things. Um, we were so so close that day as well. Um, now they went on and got beaten in the All Ireland final, but to, you just want to put yourself in position to to get to that spot. Do you know, but. Look, flipping, I would love it. I would, it would be fantastic to get back to an all Ireland stage. Any Ulster team that gets to that stage, they should be believing that they can they can go that one extra step and compete in an all Ireland final because the, the the level and the difference, um, the standard playing, is, there's nothing. There's nothing between it. And anybody that goes down, they can compete. They definitely can. Yeah, and you mentioned about um, Antrim teams competing, and I suppose if you're looking at the current uh, inter-county team, uh, you know, obviously they're having a brilliant year so far. Uh, same with every other team, they had that big gap in the middle, but the fact that they went on ahead and still beat Kerry in the league final and, you know, have been in fantastic form, I think even if you're looking at the, their squad, you know, how they've managed to cope with them, uh, losses through injury and different things as well through the Joe McDonough campaign. Um, what have what have you like? What, what do you feel is kind of different about this squad this year, like, and how they've been playing? Uh, I've been really impressed with them this year. Really have. Uh, I think Gleeson um, has brought uh, a new energy to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, from all reports from the guys that are involved uh, that I would be speaking to, saying it's a fantastic setup. Like he has Johnny Campbell in and. Uh, the coaching seems to be top notch. Do you know he has these guys buzzing like? But the the, the young lads that I think have been brought in as well has been massive. Uh, you can see the, the the energy and the enthusiasm enthusiasm that's there in the team, and they've been playing some lovely stuff. Do you know? Uh, I just feel that the, that the forward line that they have will really really trouble Kerry. Uh, well, it's supposed to be Kerry and, and uh, Joe McDonough. That's yeah. a, I think I found them beat me okay. Do you know? But uh, yeah. some of the forwards that we have there at the minute like. Conor McCann's leading from the front. I think he's been absolutely exceptional. Yeah. Um, he's proved that he's a, he's a leader, he's a finisher, um, and, and he's doing everything. Do you know, I, I remember a couple of years being in the Antrim team and getting caught in with McCann on in a, a one-on-one tackling drill. Like he's strong as an ox. Like, do you know what I mean? So he he can win his own ball. It doesn't matter which way it goes in, high, low, fast or slow, he'll win it. Do you know? And you can see he can finish it. But then you have the guys around him like we Clarkey who's probably the fastest man I've ever seen on a hurling yeah. pitch, like he's absolutely flying. Yeah. And you can see what he can do. And then you've got guys like James McNaught and Niall McKenna who are super under a high ball and are lightning quick and they can carry ball through, you know? So they've got um, some real, really good players. And even if you look at the back line, like they are solid back there with with guys from my own club, like Paddy Burke, for example, who has an absolutely top-class attitude. Uh, everything he, do, he does is geared towards hurling and geared towards getting better and improving and he, he's a fantastic rock there at, at centre back, do you know, other guys like Joe Maskey and George Walsh bombing up the line and do you know, saw players in the back line like uh, Stephen Rooney and things and midfield even, Keelan Malloy and Owen Campbell, do you know there's great, great talent there uh, and even they've had a few injuries as well like McManus has been out um, for the last number of weeks I think yeah. with, a, with a hamstring injury and you've seen boys that come in and 
replaced him and, and you sort of carried that fight, you know. So really impressed with them. I'm looking forward. I, I think promotion was massive for them. Uh, yeah, winning the winning division two and and getting promoted is huge because next year then they need to build on the great year that they've had, um, and because next year in the league they're going to have really really tough games, um, and it'll be interesting to see how they compete, uh, with these teams because you want to be in division one, you want to be up there competing with the best teams in the country, and that panel Antrim have at the minute, I, I feel that they can do that, uh, and the top of the year off would be great to to get to the Joe McDonough final and it'll be a Croke Park. Curtain razor before the All Ireland final against uh, a Kerry team, and it would, it would be fantastic if they won it too. Yeah, and I think there's just mentioning about the depth. There's nothing more evident than probably that Westmeath game that opened it up. You know, when they were missing McManus and a few other boys, that you know when they blew Westmeath. Now I know Westmeath have gone on and they haven't been, they haven't exactly been great since yeah. then. But you could argue that Antrim didn't really give them a chance in that game, and it, it's really shown. Um, yeah. Ever since that, just hit the right note. Without a doubt, but even if you look at the brand hurling that they're playing, do you know, yeah. they seem everything has a purpose to it. Do you know, they're not just getting the ball aimlessly and driving up the pitch. It's getting worked through lanes. It's getting sprayed to different positions and different corners. And there's guys coming off the loop off the shoulder for scores. Do you know, so um, it's 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 really really exciting times. Hopefully for Andrew and um, it would just be great if they could finish this year off with with a win in Croke Park. Uh, but the most important thing then after that is to build on this good year and drive it into next year. Um, because uh, that league will be really, really competitive. And as a player, whenever I was playing for the county, what you want to be doing is playing against the best, challenging yourself, playing against the best players, marking the best players, and really putting yourself up against them and seeing how far away you are from them. Because there's some guys in the Andrew panel would, would walk on to other teams, no problem, down south. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just mm. the talent there is great. The natural ability some of them guys have is just fantastic. And it's just about getting the most out of them, trying to get them to up to a certain level and driving on and driving on for next year. And you mentioned Kerry there, like you know yourself, you've played against them a good few times and at Joe McDonough level and all too. And it's it's no easy it's no easy thing at that level. Like the teams, you know, you look from year to year. I think Westmeath were in the final last year, the bottom of the group this year. Yeah. Um how tough are Kerry as a team? They're really tough. There's some quality, quality this players. This is going to be what part four is it? The, uh, yeah. I think so. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That would be just tough to beat them that many times. Like, but um, carry some quality players. Uh, no other than Shane Conway. I think he get um, uh, he was Fitzgibbon Player of the Year. I think last year. Uh, mm-hmm. You see some things he can do with her ball. Like he'll really need watch, like because he's their star man. But uh, even throughout the team, they Shane Nolan and uh, Brian Murphy and full back and things like that. They get really, really good players, and they've really improved. And like they've got a good coach under them, uh, Brennan Common. So he knows what it's all about. Um, yeah. So look, it'll be a big challenge, but uh, there's no reason why Antrim can't get up to that level and 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 do the same that they did to them before. Do you know? So, but it's 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 that Joe McDonough competition is really really competitive. It's a fantastic competition. Uh, every game in it is a do or die game, do you know. So that's why I think the tiered system in hurling is working really well, um, because it gives teams really really competitive games um, against teams in your own level or in and around your own level, and uh, it, it just allows uh, teams and players to improve um, because of the, the 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 level of games that they're getting. Um, so that Joe McDonough competition is fantastic, and it would be brilliant if Antrim could drive on and win it. Yeah, and, and I suppose. Um, getting that win, getting up to Lee McCarthy obviously is the goal there, and then you see, like you mentioned about the tears you've down and Kildare coming up, having you know, and playing in the Christie Ring final too. So there is that kind of realistic goal for each team as they go through. Um, what about Division One then for Antrim um, next year? So it's you know, 
know, like you said, it's something that you go on. And I know they were um, in Division 1 2018, wasn't it? So, you know, when they competed with Galway, Galway sort of <laughs> had, a, had a bit of a scare in that game and all. Um, yeah. what, 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 um, what will Antrim need to be doing then to prepare for a season like that in Division 1? Look, every single game you get in Division 1 will be tough, like really, really tough. As I say, that's where you want to be, you know, so um, like pitting yourself against the best players. I remember in 2018, we played Galway down in Salt Hill and I think uh, they just come up off the back of one in the All-Ireland and it, it was just a fantastic uh, game. The, the amount of fans that were down from Antrim to see that game, do you know? And, yeah. and it, does, it does bring crowds and things if you're playing against the top-tier teams. People want to see them, players from the top-tier teams against... Uh, their own team from Antrim, do you know? Yeah. So, but there's no reason why why our guys can't compete with them. Um, but it's just competing with them for a full 70 minutes and maybe getting the odd result here or there. Like if you take it and you look at Leash, what they've done in the last couple of years with um, under Eddie Brennan, do you yeah. know, um, their top team and Antrim weren't too far away from them a year or so ago, do you know? So they're now competing with the top, top teams. Uh, you know, they were unfortunately could beat by Clare this year in the championship. Um, last year they were put out by by uh, Tipperary, but they ran them really really close, you know. So that's what Andermatt will be driving. They want to do maybe Alicia's done drive up into that that level and stay there. Um, that's really important. I'd say that's that's their goal for next year is, is to stay in Division One. Yeah, and it's uh, Westmeath and Carlo playing in Division One too. You know there is an opportunity there to be to be staying. And I suppose the key is I was talking to Neil uh, Pedden a few weeks ago and he was saying about you know when Antrim were playing in Division One regularly. Back in the 80s, that kind of was a bit of a springboard for whenever the team was getting to the semi-finals, and then of course the final in '89. And and I suppose that's something that it, it's it's you know championship obviously is important for Antrim, but it's almost that case of having that consistent league status, Division One status, is arguably more important for the development of the county. Yeah, without a doubt. How do you get better? Like you know, if you think about it, how do you get better? <laughs> by you develop by playing good teams, by um, playing hurling faster and quicker. The teams yeah. in Division One play hurling so so quick. You know, so if you're up up playing with them guys, they're moving the ball so fast. You will bring yourself up to that level. And if you're getting consistently competitive games at that level, you will improve, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, what about for yourself? I know you you've had um you've had some bad um injuries in the in the past there, and I was reading just about the the time obviously between the Ulster final and and then the St Thomas game. How how how's things been going with you there? Like I know a couple of bad knee injuries. Um, uh, sort of yes and no. Uh, I had to get a knee surgery last year and a rehab rehabbed it and got back to back to playing with the club and um sort of over the the uh, winter time I sort of concentrated on myself and just trying to get the body right uh I was really looking forward to 2020 season but then obviously COVID hit and you know you couldn't get training with the team and things so obviously everybody was out you couldn't even go on their pitch or on their park or anything yeah. running on grass so although as you say a lot of these guys are doing the 5k times and yeah. time trial 1k time trials and, <laughs> obviously I was doing it too on roads running on roads and it sort of aggravated a bit of a hip impingement that I've had uh, last number of years so I think probably over this winter campaign I have to maybe get a procedure to get it fixed just um, just to try to get just I need what I need is I need the, the hip cleaned out there's just a wee bit of impingement there and it's, it's causing a wee bit of pain and uh, lack of movement and things so I, I probably need to get it done over this winter campaign and try to get myself ready for 2021 if possible but touch wood the knees are okay like 
Yeah, well, that's that's good. That's good to hear. Anyway, um, I suppose the kind of individual rehab and training and that's something you've been, you've been kind of having to be getting used to. So I suppose the kind of yeah. individual training is kind of something that it's not obviously something that you want to be doing, but I suppose it's something that you have had to do in the past. So I suppose during lockdown and that, it's um, you're probably more equipped for it than some other people. Yeah, look, I've, I've had a couple of bad injuries. People probably know, like, but it's it's a difficult one like we play a contact sport you know Gaelic football camogie hurling uh, it's a contact sport so you know you're running jumping twisting turning and you're banging in the boys so there's injuries that are going to happen and, and, and sometimes they're bad injuries sometimes they're not so bad so but I suppose everybody knows who's been injured and um, what it feels like it's not a nice feeling you know especially a long-term injury whenever you get a long-term injury there's there's periods of anxiety and anger, frustration, there's self-doubt and, you know, you get stressed, you feel sorry for yourself. All these emotions come in, which are normal, do you know, but yeah. I think I think it's important how you deal with it. Um, I think you have to have a positive mental attitude and be really resilient, do you know, because um, if, if, if you don't, you can let yourself go and you can get into a rut and things like that there. I think it's important to have the proper support net- network around you you know, your friends and your family and your teammates and your management and things and always constantly talking to them because uh, at the end of the day, if you don't, then then you'll just you'll just box yourself up and you'll not want to talk about it, you know. So anytime anybody does an injury like that, I think it's important, especially when you are rehabbing, you're just setting small sort of steps and small personal goals for yourself. Um, like I remember whenever I got my knee surgery, I was on crutches. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I said to myself, right, my first goal is here. Is, let's get off these crutches. Let's let's go off these crutches. Do you know? And within two weeks, I was off the crutches and I was walking. And that was a yeah. box tick. And that was a goal smashed. Like I was like, happy days, right? What's the next thing here? Yeah. You know, I was like, right, I'm walking with a limp. Stop walking with a limp. So two or three weeks down the line, I stopped walking with a limp and I was walking normally. I said, like, right, there's another tick box tick and goal hit. So I think whenever you're injured like that, you just have to hit wee small steps and wee small goals and just focus on the end result. You know, like along along a rehab journey, there's going to be setbacks and disappointments. That's that's part and parcel. It's normal. You know, you you might feel that you're going one step forward, three steps back. You might have a wee bit of a re-injury, reoccurrence, or things like that. But yeah, you just you just have to try to be to be be mentally strong. Trust yourself. Trust the people that you're dealing with, your physios and things like that. And just short-term goal setting and things. I I think work really well for me. And I actually I use visualization a lot as well. Just sort of. And my own mind just thinking right back on the field of play, that's what you want to be doing. Why you and then just question myself, why are you doing this? Why are you dedicating and committing yourself to rehab and like what what is the reason for this? And it was just simply because I absolutely love hurling. Do you yeah. know and I wanted I wanted to get back doing the thing I loved? Do you know? So it, it, like people are like, geez, that's some commitment to be doing. I was like, I didn't see it like that. Do you know, it's why would I not want to be doing this? Do you know, I'm not I don't want to be sitting at home, you know, watching TV. I want to be out training. How do you do that? Yeah. You you put your time and effort into a really really good rehab program and trust yourself have no excuses and uh, just go on with it make sacrifices and just um try to return to return to play and then hopefully return to performance yeah and i suppose it's that goal setting that kind of comes with the mindset of anybody in any sport and i suppose that is the that is probably the best way to be kind of dealing with that in terms of like a and you mentioned about like a support network and that there like how important how important or how big of a role does that play in it especially because i know you you hear a lot of players who are injured and they're not involved with the team you know on a, every training session and that and i suppose mm-hmm. keeping in contact with those people to be 
part of it still is is very very important as well. Oh, it's huge, huge. Like, it can be a very lonely place being injured. It's a long-term injury is a very lonely place. Like, I, I remember some training sessions over the summer when I was class weather outside. And you just want to be out, you know, yeah. playing. And you were stuck in the gym doing a, a, a repetitive uh, gym program that you've done a hundred times. And you just want to be out there, do you know? And maybe somebody had a, a slight strain in their muscle or something, and they would have been in the gym with you for a couple of sessions. But then they were good to go again. They were back out. And then you're yeah. on your own again, you know. So it's it's a very lonely place sometimes, but it's very important the support network you have of your friends, your family, touch it in. And if you're feeling down or that, there just chatting to ones like, and they're like, "Hi, oh, geez, I'm not too bad here. I'm okay, whatever." And then trying to stay in with the team if you can. Um, but I think just the small, small steps. Just hit the small steps every single time, and you'll eventually get back onto the field to play. Do you know if it's if it's crutches to walk on to walk on to run on and run on to back onto the pitch, back onto the pitch to taking part of a session and the competitive training in their match, you know, it's just the small goals that you want to be hitting and um, just take each step as you can, you know, but it's, I've done it once or twice now and uh, I sort of know, know what's involved, unfortunately. Yeah, I suppose that at the same time, it's good to have the the experience of knowing that there's, you know, there is success. But at the same time, it's not really a, a, a kind of experience that you want to be having too often, I suppose, like, but no, you, it probably no, does help. No, it doesn't. Like you don't, you don't want to be injured. You want to be playing. That's, yeah. that's what it's about. But it, it happens, and you have to deal with it in the right way, uh, and just get on with. Yeah, and I suppose this this year more than anything has shown a lot of people who maybe haven't been injured before what it's like to be out without sport for a period of time. And if anything, it's probably made people a lot more hungrier for twenty twenty one as well. Arn, thanks very much for joining me. Um, it's been great chatting to you. And look, I hope everything goes okay with the injury and recovery and that over the winter. And hopefully. Yeah, hopefully the, the lockdowns and that can end again. <laughs> can get out and play matches again. <laughs> no problem, Connor. Thanks very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.